I have dedicated, even now that I've been at the company for over a year and a half, I still meet with senior engineers on a weekly basis and I ask questions, not mostly like, how do you do this? Those questions are, you know, those are the ones that you get out of the way when you start, but more just to understand their thought process. And I want to know more about them and their journeys because they got there somehow and we all get somewhere somehow and we all have a journey. And the more transparent that people are about their journeys, the more you feel like you can do that too. This is Ricky, and you're listening to the Leadership, Equity, and Wellness Pod. Today's guest is Paula Terrazas. She was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Paula is a first-generation college graduate from the University of Texas at El Paso, where she obtained a bachelor's in computer science and a minor in mathematics. During her college career, she completed five software engineering internships, including Disney, Facebook, and Lucasfilm. She created her blog, Lady Engineering, to share her advice, experiences, and learnings being a minority in tech. Her goal is to inspire, encourage, and motivate gender minorities in STEM to break barriers and achieve their goals. Our recording starts now. Hi, Paul. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'd love to talk about the first topic that you've so generously agreed to speak about. What advice would you give to those who are starting out at an organization who didn't intern there and they're starting off from scratch and the stakes are maybe further heightened by the fact that maybe they're first generation or they're a foreign national or maybe they're a low-income student. So they're really starting out from scratch in terms of their knowledge base. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that I can give a really good answer on this, like very detailed for first-generation, because that was me. I am first-generation college graduate. I learned everything, went out there on my own, figured it all out. But more specifically, for people who don't have any internship experience. I know it's very hard to get the very first one. If you're starting from scratch, there's nothing on your resume. I had that. And some advice that I've been giving to students, because I also go back to colleges and I give all this advice to them, is to do some volunteering. So especially at universities, there's like, for example, I did computer science. There's a computer science department. I went in there and I said, hey, like, you don't have to pay me, but I want to learn. I need to learn what you're doing. I want to just take it all in. I'm like a sponge right now. You know, I just need to like take it all in. And what I learned volunteering for like two weeks helped me get my very first internship. So it's just taking that extra step to learn more outside of the classes that you're taking, you know, and also the people you're surrounded by. So when I was volunteering, I started hanging out with seniors that were in computer science and I started like hanging out with them when they were doing their side projects. And then that also helped me to put that on my resume that I was you know, helping out with building an app. And it just, it helps put yourself out there. Just go that extra step, do what you have to do to branch out. I love that. And that's also so helpful for international students who reach out to me, particularly for the aerospace industry. As foreign nationals, it's notoriously challenging. And the research experiences that they do or those volunteer experiences can go 
so incredibly far. So that is really great advice. Thank you so much. I was wondering if we could talk about the world of work and tips you have on making the most out of question and answer sessions with senior engineers, Mm -hmm. especially when everything feels like a question that needs to be clarified. So this is situations where the degree that you have acts as a ticket to this room that you get to be in. You have the job, they know you're qualified, but the material is something that is cutting edge. Mm -hmm. It's something that's never been done before. The senior engineers have a knowledge base, but they don't have the answers either. So Mm -hmm. everyone is new to this material, but you don't necessarily have the foundations for this Mm -hmm. thing. And everything seems like it's new and it's a question. How do you start biting pieces off that feel more manageable to chew? Yeah, filling in the blanks kind of. Yeah, so that's a great question. Also, these are going to be great questions, all of these. Um, For me, for example, when I started my job at Meta, I was in a very similar situation. I went into a team that was very brand new, no documentation. Everyone was just learning off of each other. And I think what's very important is that when you are specifically a new grad or an intern, it is your time to ask the questions. You are the one that is allowed to make the most questions and specifically from senior engineers. So like you mentioned, no questions to senior engineers. I have dedicated, even now that I've been at the company for over a year and a half, I still meet with senior engineers on a weekly basis and I ask questions, not mostly like, how do you do this? Those questions are, you know, those are the ones that you get out of the way when you start, but more just to understand their thought process. And I want to know more about them and their journeys because they got there somehow and we all get somewhere somehow and we all have a journey. And the more transparent that people are about their journeys, the more you feel like you can do that too, right? So that is why those Q&As are so important. And specifically to like not knowing, I think that the first month or so your ramp up is your time to not worry about the number of questions that you ask because that's what you're there for. And then also research as much as possible. That's your time for questions and research. And I say that all the time to like my new interns that are like freaking out. This is your time for asking and researching. That is so, so helpful. And I think just really reassuring for folks who feel a little bit lost and confused, like the interns you mentioned. So thank you so, so much. I was wondering if within that ramp up period, there were things that helped you learn more about your learning style Mm -hmm. at work. So something that I've been learning about myself is that I enjoy making slides that no one has asked me to. So behaving as though I'm a consultant, even though I'm very much an aerospace engineer doing analysis, but explaining things and explaining my own thought process by creating slides. And essentially, the slide will have three sentences, but it's getting to the crux of my analysis. And I won't ever have to explain it or justify it in that way, but it helps me have a summary of my notes. And it's something that's really challenging 
to do not because of the task itself, but because you have to go beyond sometimes your hours of work to have those hours for your own personal and professional learning. And so I'm curious about what that has looked like for you and whether there's been differences in your learning style in university versus now, especially because computer science is just a different field in terms of capturing that analysis. Yeah. So this actually reminded me of something that I do. So I, like I said, I meet with all my senior engineers and I use OneNote and I have a tab for every engineer that I meet with. So I have that there. And then also each engineer obviously has something that they're really good at, at least. I mean, the ones that I've worked with, they all have like a specialty. And when I'm working, I, if I come across something and I know that there's an engineer that is going to know about this topic, I write it in that section in that one note tab for when I meet with them again I bring it up and I start that conversation and that's my way of like not bugging them all day you know just like sending questions all the time it's just like I get those notes down and then I bring them up during our one-on-one session like once when we're catching up and all these things so that's one thing that I do and also as far as taking notes I also use one note and I just write everything down and I'm very um I guess you want to say trial and error. Like I like to go in there and I like test and I like to break things and I like to test it out. My, just do it myself. That's the way that I, I go out there. That's really helpful to know. And the tip you had about the, just the documentation of who does what is really helpful. And I would suspect that it makes them feel valued as well when you reach out to them for the things that you have perceived that they know best. So I think that's really great advice. And on the topic of learning and doing, I was wondering if you could speak to setting a one-year plan at work that balances both of these things, because sometimes the tasks that you're doing, even though you're learning through it, there might be extra gaps you need to fill. And all of that needs to come out of your days when you're also learning how to live and you're learning about what you enjoy when it comes to life so taking care of yourself what kinds of foods do you enjoy cooking or do you like eating out more or what kind of workouts do you like to do or what types of friendships you want to build if you've moved to a new city so all of these big life defining questions along with technical material along with setting these goals I was curious how you've managed to compartmentalize maybe or just address them in ways that feel doable with your one-year reflection yeah I see so I've actually talked about this in my blog I talk about um when I did my one-year reflection I talked about setting a goal and I talked about work-life balance because that sounds like this is where this is going. So work-life balance is something that I've prioritized ever since my internships because I had, I had some internships where I had no control over it. I was just working long hours. And that's when I made the decision that this is not how my life is going to be when I go into full-time. I do not want to be stressing, not sleeping because I can't, you know, meet deadlines. And so when I went into full-time, I really love the way that we do it at my job. We do like I said, you know, one year plan, but we also cut that in half. 
So we do a six months like review of like what your next six months are going to look like in your personal life. And then we base like what our workload is going to be like around that. So for example, if I'm going on vacation, you know, for like two weeks in March, I know that I'm not going to be here for that time, those six months. And we add on that work that's going to fit around that. So I don't add on too much so that I'm stressing, you know, because I'm going on vacation, I have too much work. And we also do deadlines around that. So that's something that I have really liked about my current job. It's just looking in the future and then just making those plans accordingly. And then that'll turn into a one-year plan that goes with your personal life as well. That is really helpful and really helps to draw us into the next set of questions, which is around building the life around the dream career. So yeah. seeing your posts online, it's given me the perspective that, again, you live your life to the fullest. And that is such a special thing to be able to say and that you show up boldly and have this great sense of style. And I was wondering if you had tips on building an aesthetic that feels authentic as a professional and dressing up in a world that often favors cargo shorts and t-shirts right yeah so as far as my industry like the tech industry you know computer science and all that all that fun stuff um it's actually been changing a lot lately I feel like they've been really being more open to bring your authentic self to work and that's something that I had to learn on my own especially throughout college because I was always that girl that walked in wearing all pink you know, into a room full of, yeah, well, you know, there's not a lot of women in tech. So I was walking into a classroom and I, I actually, there, I think I have a blog post on this, but there was actually one instance where I was going to jump on a meeting and I was wearing like a pink fluffy jacket and I took it off to so that, so that I could jump into this meeting and I could be taken more seriously. And I caught myself when I was doing that. And I said, why am I going to take off this? So I could, so I could feel like an engineer you know, like this is me and this is who they're going to be working with. So actually I did a reflection on this in my blog, but they have been a lot more open and they've just been very, very accepting of like who you are. And that's something that I have been accepting of who I am. And I need to bring that to work, even if it's through camera, even if it's in the office, you know, traveling. So I've also always known what I've wanted. Actually, I also, I'm going to reference my blog a lot, but I also have a blog post I think it's my Chicago blog post when I did that was my very first internship and I remember I was walking in Magnificent Mile that's the street where like all the shops are in Chicago I was walking home and I saw a woman walking and she was walking in front of me she was on the phone you know she was a businesswoman she had like the coat on the trench coat she had the, the boots the purse and I took a picture of her because I said that's gonna be me one day and that's how you set those goals you know you need to have a goal you need to know where you're going which is also very important. I just always knew who I wanted to be. Yeah. That is really great advice again, because having that vision is something that folks struggle with when there are a lot of external influences. And so you mentioned the phrase, I knew or I know a lot in the past. And I wanted to touch on building that sense of inner knowing and being able to identify that. So if you could tell me what you did next after you took a picture of her, where did you 
put it? Where did you keep that picture? How did you build on that aesthetic to build goals in that area? Especially when, as we work remotely now, there's different choices we make about the uniforms we have on in our daily lives and then how we perhaps spend on other uniforms we put on for vacation and things of that sort. So essentially, I'm curious about how you were able to draw inspiration for these wardrobe choices, but in this intentional way that helped you act on those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this picture, I store it in, I have different albums that I've kept and very similar to Pinterest. I've also, ever since I can remember, I have used Pinterest since I started my career in my college career. I would save pictures of how my, my cap was going to look, how I was going to decorate it. This was like my freshman year. And those are just things that I, I would look forward to, you know, like these are goals that you set, like I said, and just like this, the same way I would save what my apartment was going to look like, what I was going to wear on graduation, what like my work would look like. Like I want, I always wanted to work in a big building with like a great view, like in a city. And I think a lot of it came from pictures and just that vision, you know, the people use vision boards. I, my way of doing that was Pinterest and you just need, you need to find that you need to go out there and you need to search to see. So living in the dreams that you then created I was wondering how it felt to have that career box checked off and to at least be able to make strides in that bucket of life but to then look at your other areas of life post-grad and to really assess them with intention and to think okay if my whole life is a wheel and the career is at a nine or a 10 currently, and I'll only keep working towards it. And other areas of my life are maybe at a five or a six. How can I address them with intention? I was curious if you went through any exercises of that sort to really look at all the other areas of your life to live more fully into them to improve any areas that you felt like that needed that improvement and if it ever felt like too much because perhaps the people around you maybe were only focusing on one bucket and not all Um, Mm -hmm. all of these are assumptions from the way I think you live and the the questions that I think you have in your head and so I could be totally off but (laughs) I would love to know if you went through any of those exercises what you found and if it ever felt like too much too much is a word nowadays (laughs) so yeah you're right on top of you know career you have your personal life you have your social life you know making friends as a as an adult now work friends your mental health, working from home, these are all a lot of things to keep track of. And I am, it's a a good thing and a bad thing, but I'm a really, really strong type A person. Like I am big on journaling and writing things down and what's bothering me and what do I need to work on? And it's, 
it's a gift and a curse because I could be doing really well in some areas, but I'm going to be focusing on what I'm not doing well on. And it's something that I've been working on, but it also helps me reflect. So in the mornings, I like to, I have my routines. Like I said, I'm very type A. I have my routines. So in the morning, I like to journal and I like to reflect and I like to talk about different parts of my life. Like my, I'm married. So I like to talk, to think about that. Like how's my marriage going or my career. My career is a really big one for me because something that I'm very passionate about. And I just moved to a new city. So, you know, making friends, meeting new people here. I like to go out and do things to meet new people. I like to exercise. I like to do yoga. I like to read and I like to read books on self-growth and like things that I want to improve on is something that I also focus a lot on reading, like to read books. I have a lot of book recommendations on all of these topics, (laughs) but reflecting is very, very important. Being self-aware. Am I being a good friend? Am I being a good co-worker? Am I being a good, you know, wife? All these things you need to ask yourself. And so on that note, I would love to jump into the rapid fire round. And if you're ready, my first question for you is, what does wellness mean to you? Wellness. Wellness is just building, building good habits. And like all of these things that I talked about, you know, you have your mental health, you have your physical health, you have being, you know, social, like all of these things, your priorities, your spiritual health, having a good balance of all of these, like not having one that's like skyrocketing, doing really well, but like your social bar is really low. Like you need to have a good balance is what I believe is wellness. Like having, like you said, you know, you have that, that circle of all of these and just make sure you're like feeding them you know they're like little plants you gotta you gotta grow them you gotta work on them and all of them and that'll give you some really really good confidence and yeah I couldn't agree more and I'm so happy you said all those things that's very much how I would answer that question I've interviewed about 37 people I admire so far but the thing you just shared is the most close to what I would say. So that feels really great and inspiring. So you shared your morning routine with me. And I was curious if you also had a night routine, because I deeply believe that our night routine helps set us up for a morning one. And mm-hmm. on days that life just happens, I was curious about what helps you bounce back if you ever fall off track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have my morning routine. I do have my nightly routine. And I do have days where I don't do the routine because it just falls off. And those are the days where I just feel like I'm having a bad day because I feel like everything's not in order. But I also my husband has helped me on this to remind me that it is okay to have those days where you're not perfect. So at, I go to sleep pretty early. I wake up very early. And sometimes you know I like to read at night and sometimes you know I'll get hooked on my book and I'll go to sleep late and then that'll kind of mess up my morning a little bit but it's okay because life is not going to be the same every single day life is you know you need to work around life a little bit like trying to have everything in order is a stress and that like me being a type a person is something I'm learning every day 
to have the same day every day is very, very difficult and very stressful, but it is okay to remember just the things that you want to do that day and just complete those, but not necessarily at a certain time or, you know, in a certain order, like life will happen and that is okay. Absolutely. That is such an important reminder. And I was wondering if there was anything else you wanted to share on the topics that we've talked about. I know you have spoken online on your blogs about overcoming rejection and being a minority in tech. And we've touched upon those in many ways through the conversation we've had. But I was wondering if there's anything you wanted to add again, to anything we've discussed so far, or if you have any book recommendations or things you're currently enjoying? Yeah, so I always give my students, the I always bring up rejection because we're all going to face it. It is going to happen. You are going to be rejected eventually. And if you're not rejected, you know, great for you. But I have learned a lot, especially from my older brother. He told me this once when I was getting rejected, rejected, trying to get my first internship. But he said, a person who is rejected a hundred times, but keeps going is a thousand times more respectable than the person who got it on the first try. Right. And that's something that I have always carried with me. And I've just pushed through every single rejection letter was actually because of my mindset was motivation. So just keep going, just keep going, get it out of the way and just keep going. And that's something that I really, really put out there overcoming rejection. So that's what I would share and as far as books, yes, my very favorite book that I think everyone should read is How to Make Friends and Influence People. That's a big one that's yeah. been on my dad's bookshelf forever. <laughs> yes, I've learned a lot from that book. And it was recommended to me by my manager. It's a great book. And also, it is the type of book that you have to reread to remind yourself. Go Absolutely. Back and- yeah. Well, I have not read that book, even though I've seen it and have, you know, been recommended it. So that is a really important reminder for me to go get that book. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to thank you for your time and the transparency that you put online, because it is so important for stories like yours to be championed and celebrated and shared so thank you for all the effort and the just being brave and putting your story out there because it's really hard to talk about the really painful bits of rejection and to be able to rewrite your story in an empowering way to help someone else Mm -hmm. and I believe that everyone has one of those stories, but only if you choose to share it. So thank you for being one of those people. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. I'm so glad. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Leadership Equity and Wellness Pod by Ricky Roy. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave me a review. And follow me at Ricky Roy on Instagram and at Ricky underscore Roy on TikTok. Thank you so much for spending this time growing with me. Until next time, take care of yourself.